Acts chapter 3, verse 26. And make it personal. Because it says, to you first. To you first. God having raised up his servant, Jesus, sent him to do what? To bless you. Jesus has been sent to bless you. Yes. He has been sent to bless you. Just like God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to die on the cross. But now, after he was raised from the dead, he was sent to bless you. He was sent to bless you. And that word is forever established in heaven. No one can change it. No one can change it. I'd like to quickly go into the message, but would you please stand? Please, let's say this. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. May God fulfill that scripture in your life this morning, so that your life is changed. God can change your life. God can change any situation in your life. If you will only believe him. Why do you have to believe him? Because all the circumstances around your situation says it cannot happen. That's when you believe against what you see with your eyes. And that's why the scripture says, Why we look not to the things that we see, the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. This is scripture. For the things that are seen are temporary. Whatever you're going through, whatever trouble you're going through in your life, whatever is happening to you, and you're in wonder, wondering what's going to happen, God can change it. That sin is temporary, and what you can't see is eternal, because it's God's word, and God has given his promise, and he stands behind his word. You know, if God breaks his word, then he's no longer God. He can't lie. God cannot lie. You know, I read in scripture, God has sent him to bless you. First, the first thing, he sent him first, before anything else, first to bless you. That's what the scripture says. That says, It is God's will for you to be blessed. It's true. Jesus died for you to be blessed. That's why we call it good news. It's for you to be blessed. Your family to be blessed. Your children to be blessed. Everything that you do to be blessed. That's what God has given his son for. Not for emptiness, 
the goodness and mercy all the days of your life. That's what the word says. For you to be blessed. The only thing hindering us, we can't believe this. But God has called you to be blessed. He sent his son for you to be blessed. To bless you. First, to bless you. After he raised him from the dead. First thing is to make sure my family, your family, your life, and everything around you is blessed. It's God's will. You know, the Bible tells us in uh, Psalms 5, verse 12, For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. It's a given. Anytime God finds the righteous, he blesses. He looks around, toe and fro, and he says, oh, that's righteous. Hey, Josh, he blesses you. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. With favor, he'll surround the righteous as with a shield. What does a shield do? Protect you. And this shield is called the shield of favor. Everything negative coming towards that shield says, uh, uh, this is favor's territory. You're not coming in here. Only favor. Favor will bring you before kings. Favor will bring money and wealth to you. They just like you. They want to bless you. You were talking to me about that. They just like you. They don't know why. They'll say, oh, I don't have the skill. I'll train you. I want to bless you. Why is it dumb? No. Heaven has said, bless him. Bless him. If you believe it, it's coming to you. Because all things are possible to the one who believes. Our greatest problem, my greatest trouble, I can't believe it. And just believe and expect it. That is going to happen. Make, set your mind up because God has said, and God cannot lie, make up your mind. No matter how long it's, it goes, I'm going to be okay. I will put my hands around the blessing. Because God has sent his son to bless. Every time God finds a righteous person, <laughs> you're blessed. He blesses you. He blesses you. Now, the children of Israel are a type of the church. When God took them out of, out of Egypt, it's like taking them from the hand of Pharaoh. Uh, I mean, Satan. For us. But notice, he took them from the land. And what, do you, what did you see? How were they delivered? By the blood, right? That was the last thing that God did. Put the blood up. And after the blood was put up, by faith, they did it. They applied the blood by faith. And you applied the blood by faith, right? You took Jesus into your life. After that, Satan can't keep you anymore. He wants to kick you out. Amen. 
When then they were on their way to the promised land. And they're going through the wilderness, right? They're going through the wilderness just like we are in this life. We are in our wilderness experience. Hello. But we are going to our promised land. Heaven, where everything is waiting for us. No more winter or summer. No air conditioning and all of that needed. I'm going to heaven. But right now, we are in our wilderness experience. But just because God has ushered you out of Satan's hands, now you are righteous and you are blessed. And what Satan wants to do is to bring things into your life, enchantment and all of that, to make you believe you are not blessed and bring a curse upon your life. And that's what Balak did. Balak went and employed Balaam. He said, come and curse the children of Israel for me. Curse the children of Israel for me. They, God has blessed them. <laughs> They've been through the blood. Amen. When you are under the blood, you can't be cursed. And Balaam says, this is impossible. There is no enchantment against Jacob, Israel. And you are Israel. Because God has delivered you. And so Balaam said in Numbers 23 verse 19, God is not a man that he should lie. Nor the son of man that he should repent. Or go back on his word. Has he said and will he not do? If God has given you a promise, he knows what he has promised you. He is not like earthly fathers that will promise you a car. But now he's broke, but he can fulfill the car, the promise. God doesn't get broke, okay? He's going to fulfill his promise. God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent. If he said, if he said something, he'll do it. If he has spoken, he will make it good. And then the man said, I have received the commandment to bless. They are blessed and I cannot reverse it. They are blessed and I cannot reverse it. And he says, if you go further down, if you go to uh, Numbers 23, he says, because there is no iniquity in Jacob, their sins have been washed away. There is no iniquity, no wickedness in them. And he says, listen, I hear the voice of a king among them. And that's you. When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's you. You were blessed just because you are righteous. The righteousness brought the blessing into your life. For you, O Lord, will bless the righteous. And with favor, you surround the righteous as with a shield. The problem is, we hear these things and we don't take it to ourselves. We don't believe that this is really for us. Why, what else? Why will God say that and not mean what he has said? We need to embrace it. Because we will lean on our own understanding and trying to calculate, well, I got to do this. God didn't ask you to do much. Let me tell you, if you believe it, the word will empower you. And we come into that. Just because you believe it, God, that same word will empower you with everything that you need to fulfill that. 
you remember when they built the ark and they built the tabernacle? God's spirit put the, the know-how. He just called a few individuals here. And they were not born with it. He gave it to them right there because they have a work to do. And they were able to use, I mean, people who were not skilled would go. And, and they, they could do it. We're talking about the same God. Amen. Not just going to church. We are talking about the same God. And God has already made his will. You know what a will is? When you, when you write your will, right? And if, if, if your father was very wealthy and the will is in your favor, he's dancing time when you find out, right? Even before you get a penny, you're already dancing. Uh, you haven't seen a penny, you're saying, I got millions. How do you know? Says, read the will, right? The will says it's all mine, right? Well, why don't you read this will? He sent him to bless you. He sent him to bless you. He sent him to bless you. And God blesses the righteous. What does it mean by bless? When God uses the word bless, what is he talking about? Can we find somewhere in the scripture where we can determine what God means every time he uses the word bless? I would like to know what that means. When God has blessed the man. And if you are asking, I'm glad you asked. Proverbs 10 verse 22, and I'm reading from the King James, uh, New, King, uh, New King James Version. He says, the blessing of the Lord makes one rich. This is not gospel according to good luck, okay? Or gospel according to pastor. Is it, where did you read that from? Is it in Ezekiah or something? No. This is Proverbs. When God's blessing a person according to God Himself, you become rich. Please don't give me this religious thing. That's scripture. The trouble is we, we have our own idea of what righteousness is supposed to be and how we should look if we're righteous. I don't want my own idea. I've got to go by the word. God says, if he's blessing you, you'll be rich. You define how rich you want to be according to your faith. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrows with it. That means God is the one that's making you rich. According to the word, if he's not adding sorrow with it, that means he was the one that gave you in the first place. God can make anyone rich. Educated or no. God can make anyone rich according to his word. God can, if we can believe him. If we can believe him. And we're going to talk about why this is so important. We're always thinking about, it's all about me and my family. Well, God says in Isaiah 54, expand the territory of your dwelling. Because you're going to expand. 
we boxed him up because of our own ideas. You've never been in Christianity before. How come you know everything about it? Why don't you let the book speak to you and listen and line yourself with what the word says? Even if you don't quite fully understand it, believe it and say, well, if God said it, it must be true. So God, I submit, I surrender to you. Do whatever you want in my life. And believe me instantly, because God watches over his word to perform it. When we're speaking on this message, I can already hear God's doing things here. And that's the reason why I'm speaking on it. Because I want to see God's people blessed. And God will answer. God will do according to his word, because he watches over his word to perform it. It's the truth. God will do it. And let me say this. When God starts, he doesn't hold back. You can be in a tough situation just like Joseph. Remember, we don't know how many years Joseph was in trouble having nothing. When God began, to, it's just from prison all the way to the top. That's the way God does his thing. In, in uh, Proverbs 20, uh, 10 verse 22, from the New Century Version, it says, The Lord's blessing brings wealth. The Lord's blessing brings wealth. This not me speaking it. That's what it is. When God is blessing you, and you are blessed because you are the righteous. You are blessed. And no sorrow comes with it. Is it true then? Do we have individuals in scripture that God spoke a blessing on and then we can see the result? Think about Abraham. In Genesis chapter 12, God told Abraham, come out from among your people to a place that I will show you. And God said, I will bless you. God said, I will bless you. I will multiply you. Coming out from among them is God's demand, always. God wants you to separate from the world. Second Corinthians chapter 6, God says, come out from among them, I believe verse 14. Come out from among them and be separate, and I will be your God. So you come out when you believe. That's how you get righteous, by believing the word of God. Receiving your righteousness. Abraham's servant speaking. He was speaking to to Laban. And they wanted Laban's daughter for Isaac, for his wife. And he said, I am Abraham's employee. But it was, I am Abraham's servant. And then he said, the Lord has greatly blessed my master in everything. The Lord has greatly blessed my... So we have the word blessed there, right? The Lord has blessed my master greatly in everything. And guess the outcome. And he has become what? A rich man. When God blesses you, 
according to his word, Proverbs, this is the outcome. And it's God's will to bless. I know the young people are thinking, well, we'll depend on that. But no, you need to start putting that in here now. Before you get there. And make up your mind, this is what I'm going to believe. I believe, I wish, sometimes I wish, when I was a new Christian or when I was younger, somebody taught me these things. I didn't know them. It's better than giving somebody money. What we're talking about right now. God will empower you through his word. I, got, I, I really need to move fast because I want to end this message today. He says, God has blessed him. He's become a rich, uh, a rich man. The Lord has given him. Who gave him? Who gave him? <laughs> Let me tell you some ways that God gives. God will give you through your work. That's one way, one way for him, him to give you. Sometimes God gives you by himself. Straight. Like he gave the manna. But when they went into the promised land, as soon as they gathered the fruit from the promised land, manna after 40 years was gone. Didn't give them anymore. They got to work for it. <laughs> Sometimes God will give you through people. And the fourth one, God will give you through your enemy. Hello? Your enemy. They give to you. Abraham got rich. Genesis chapter 12, the very end, he went into uh, uh, Egypt. And Pharaoh gave him everything. Wealth, servant, and everything just gave to him. Even though the guy liked to hate Pharaoh, but Pharaoh, he didn't take everything he gave to him. He, he, God, gave him to, God gave it to him. But he came through Pharaoh. But it was God that did it. I want every one of you to believe that God can do the same thing for your life. Especially young people. God can put you in a place. And do that for you. If you will believe the word of God. He says, the Lord has given him many flocks. Not just one type of business. All kinds of business. More flocks. And sheep. Flocks of sheep. Herds of cattle. Silver and gold. Male and female employees. And I like the favorite part of, for me. Camels and horses. That's the favorite part for me. Camels and horses. Why are you talking about silver and gold? And you're talking about camels and horses? What are we talking about? That was their means for transportation. Amen. If you got donkey, that's kind of low. You have a horse or you have a camel, that's your Cadillac and Rolls Royce. He says he's got Cadillacs and Rolls Royce. And they asked the girl, would you go with him? She said, oh yes. I'm going. You mean Cadillacs? Not just one. Cadillacs and Rolls Royce? I'm going. Amen. And the same happened with Isaac. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. That's a clear sign. This is the way of the Lord. It's the way of the Lord. If there is anything hindering me, God opened my eyes to see. Help me. I believe. Help my unbelief. Why? Because it's the fruit of righteousness. It is one of the fruits of our righteousness. 
He says then in Genesis 26, Then Isaac served the Lord, the served, sold in the land, and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. You hear the word bless again? He reaped a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. The man began to prosper. Began to prosper. And continued prospering until he became very prosperous. Just like his father. He didn't make them any less godly. He made them even more godly. They didn't look to it. They looked to God. And God gave it to them. He says the Philistines envied him. Let me tell you something. I found out in scripture. God hates it when people talk about his people, especially when they talk about them with regards to the fact that they don't have. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it one bit. He hurts him to hear that. If you don't believe me, read the book of Ezekiel chapter 36. God didn't like it one bit. God's concerned about what they are saying about you as a Christian. Especially your provision. He doesn't like it. That's changed my mind thinking. I found that that's, where, that's the way God feels. He doesn't like it when you can't pay your bills. He hurts you. He hurts him too. And he's trying to get you to a place where you can believe him so he can put it through you. But you're, all you're trying to do is trying to figure these things out by yourself. Instead of just trusting him, God, he can open doors. He can open doors. I talked about it. One time, Angela, in which our business, and he said, we have nowhere to go. God brought somebody from outside we've never met, came to church, and that was a change of everything. God can do this. Let me show you that scripture here. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 30. He says, and I will multiply the fruit of your trees. Who is going to multiply the fruit of the trees? God himself. And increase. And the increase of your field. In other words, everything you've planted. I'm going to do that. So that you need never again. Please say the word never again. Never again. That's God's idea. Never again. Never. I'm going to do this that you need never again bear the reproach of famine among the nations. Why nations? They are watching. It's a reproach. They are watching. He doesn't like it. That they see his people in need. He doesn't like it. And he says, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to speak to their, your fruit. They will, you will bear fruit. And I'm going to speak to your field. So that there will be no famine again. You never have to go through it again. So the nations don't have to say anything concerning your provision. That's what the scripture says. I just showed you from the Bible. That's what it says. Excuse me. My purpose is clear. I want, you see, when I read God's word, I want to see it manifested right before my eyes. That's my idea. I believe in healing. When I feel led to do it, I pray for people. I want to see them healed. And God has shown me. 
this is another area. I want to see God manifest his word in your life. And I need you to believe with me. Amen? It's not about having. It's about the work of God. We're coming to it. Don't look to yourself. Look to him. Look to God. And believe it in your heart. Young people, make up your mind. No famine in my life forever. You got it now. Decide that. Agree with God. How can two work together unless they be in agreement? Agree with God. He'll carry you. Come unto me, he said, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I'll give you rest. That's what God wants. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, today make him your Savior. Get together with him and be a part of him. He's taking you somewhere. It's an amazing thing. A lot of times people think, well, well, Jesus was poor. Really? Hmm. Can you have a business and your treasurer is a thief? And he's stealing money from your treasury? The other guys know they're not even paying attention to what's If he wants to steal, that's his business. They could care less. They had enough. They had enough. Before Jesus went to the cross, uh, Jesus said, one of you will betray me. Remember that scripture? One of you will betray me. And, and they were all shocked. And, and, and Peter said to signal to John, hey, could you ask him who he's talking about? Right? And, 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 and John said, who are you talking about? And Jesus said, well, I'll dip the bread and i give to the fellow. That's the fellow. And Jesus gave it to Judas and said, what you're doing, do quickly. Remember that? And Judas left. That's a funny scripture. Because right after that, Judas was anointed. He says, and Satan came into him. Entered into him to do evil work. That's satanic anointing. We have people around. But we got greater anointing. But the disciples thought Jesus had just told him to go give money to the poor. Right? Read it. They thought, no big deal. Jesus is just giving money away again. He got a thief and giving money away. And you think he didn't have much? No. That's what religion teaches us. Okay? That's what religion teaches us. But when you read the scriptures, you find out you don't find the evidence there. You don't find the evidence there. God wants us to have. He doesn't want you not to be in one. Now, I'm going to read in verse 33. Don't serve the Lord, God, on the day that I cleanse you from your, all your iniquities. How many have been cleansed from their iniquities? If you receive Christ as Lord and Savior on that same day, it says, on the day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities, I will also enable you to dwell in the cities. In other words, I will, I will give you the ability to build cities. I will give you abilities to give, build cities. And you dwell in cities. This is the word of God. And I want to believe that for the Ark Fellowship. Amen. Because we would like to build another sanctuary. You build cities. And he says, I, I will enable you to dwell in the cities and the ruins shall be rebuilt. In other words, you have a ruined city, they'll be built, rebuilt. The desolate land shall be tilled 
instead of lying desolate in the sight of all who pass by. Why is God concerned about people who pass by? He doesn't like it. Because they pass by and they say, Those land, the land belongs to his people, now look what's going on. And God doesn't want it. Read the whole chapter. God doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. Desolate in the sight of all who pass by. He's concerned about them. So they will say, notice he's concerned about what they say. They will say, he wants their language changed. After he's rebuilt the cities and made it beautiful, then they will say, this land that was desolate has become what? Like the Garden of Eden. And wasted, desolate, and ruined cities are now fortified and inhabited. See, that's what God is concerned about what they say. He's concerned about what they're saying about what's going on in me, in my life. And he has all the power. He can make the provision. Amen? Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? Amen. The only thing to do is get righteous. How many get righteous this morning? Get righteous. Once you get righteous, then you are baptized with blessing. And then you are surrounded with favor as with a shield. You know, uh, um, Paul tells, tells us how how we can be righteous, okay? Can you give me that scripture? That's um, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. He tells us how we can be righteous. That's all you need to do. After you get righteous, then begin to expect something good. It's like before God says in this word, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So I said, God, that's good. I found Angela now. Where is this good stuff you're talking about? <laughs> I need to obtain favor. See, I've done my job. I found Angela. <laughs> if you don't want to ask for your favor, that's your problem, but I needed my favor. <laughs> Obtains favor from the Lord. Where, where is my favor? Amen. So get righteous. And then you can go back to God and say, where is my blessing? And, and I need to be surrounded with favor as with a shield. Goodness and mercy. What? Don't we know that scripture? Follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's up there. But this is what it says. But what does it say to obtain God's righteousness? The word is near you. In your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith we preach. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Then it tells you, for with the mouth, you conf- you, with the heart, you believe what? You believe unto righteousness. And with your mouth, you confess unto the reality on earth. Amen. How many of you have confessed Jesus as Lord? Can you turn around and say to the person next to you, Jesus is my Lord. Tell him, tell them like you really mean it. I have to see you. Tell them like you really mean it. Yes. <laughs> That's confessing him, right? Can we do it again? 
Some of you are not really doing this. Don't say to somebody, Jesus is my Lord. Jesus is my Lord. You know what you just said? You know the meaning of that? If you meant that from your heart, you are righteous. According to the word of God. You confess, you believe in your heart unto what? Unto righteousness. Now this is the tricky part. Tell the fellow sitting by you, you are looking at righteousness. <laughs> now look at them. You say, see? Now they hesitate. Who, me? What are you talking about? Me? Well, but God says you are righteous, right? But it's hard for you to tell somebody, that, hey, I'm righteous. They say, What? That's why we hinder ourselves. We don't say what God has said. We doubt it. So, can we do it again? (laughs) Tell the person right next to you, this is the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. I am the righteousness of God. This right. Don't go tell your your wife. You shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> or your husband. But the Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. So really today, I'm looking at the righteousness of God right here. Before my eyes, according to the scriptures. And I'm looking at people that God has already blessed and cannot be reversed. No one can reverse it except you. And when God blesses you, wealth comes with it. So forget about your resources. Begin to expect God to do something. That's why we will have testimonies. Right? Bear with me. Uh, I need to go to this scripture. Listen, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18. You know, the way, what I'm speaking now, I know I will find the result in this church. Yes, I know. Because God's going to bless you. God's going to bless you. Like I told our prayer team in the morning, if you don't want it, it's too late. Because you already heard the word, okay? Listen, God says in his word, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get what? Wealth. Why? That he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, as it is this very day. What day? What day? What day? Today, today, it's not he gives you power. We need wealth to establish his covenant. Otherwise, that language doesn't mean anything. He says, I give you the power to get wealth. That the covenant that I swore to your father, including our Lord Jesus Christ, may be established. 
It costs money to do the work of God. It does. We're talking about helping people in Africa, television ministry. I give to it. I wonder, should I come to the church and ask an offering so we can pay? They're telling me, put it on television, uh, on this local area because it's reached a lot of people. It takes money. That's how we establish the covenant. It's about souls. It's about people. It's not just about you. God says, give to the work, keep the change. Usually the change is bigger than what you're giving. But that's God's idea. From way back. From way back. His idea is that you will have it so his house will have food. He says that in Malachi. So that the work of God can go forth. If you don't have it, the work of God is not going to go forth. So God wants you to have so you can are able to give to his work. And then the covenant of God is spread around the world. If you commit to that, God will commit to you. And all those blessings will come upon you and overtake you. That's the problem. That's the, the reason I'm preaching this message. If you are committed to give to God's work, and I'm not just talking about giving to Ark Fellowship. God will give to the Ark Fellowship. Amen. God will give to the Ark Fellowship. But I'm telling you, according to Isaiah chapter 54, God says, can, we give, can you give me that? Isaiah 54 verse, verse 2. Isaiah 54 verse 2. He says, enlarge the place of your tent. God wants you to do that. And let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. For you shall expand to the right and to the left and your descendants shall inherit the nations and make the desolate cities in happy days. We want the world just with, I read about desolation. Cities inhabited. How? We're just reaching out to the world. That's what this all is about. All, that's what this is all about. So if you open your heart this morning and say, God, you can put it through me, I am willing. God will find a way. If God can make a way through the sea, if God can make path through the wilderness, he can do it for you. He can do it. All we need to do is believe him. God will bring everything, that, all the resources that you need. When they were building the tabernacle, he had different individuals that he handpicked and put talent in to get his work done. He will line you up with everybody to help for his purpose so that the desolate cities will be inhabited. Bow your heads with me this morning. The first thing that I'd like us to do, every one of us here, make sure that you are the righteousness of God. Amen? And, and that's just humbling yourself. If you're not very sure, I want you to be sure. I want to pray with you this morning. All you have to do is put your hand up unashamedly before God. I want to be a part of this. If you do that, God will see it. And I'll pray for you, and God will answer, 
and you are on your way to becoming a significant individual in the kingdom of God. At the count of three, if that's you, would you put your hand up? Put it. One, two, three. Put your hand. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now let's stand up, every one of us. I pray that everyone is right before God this morning. God has a lot to do with the Ark Fellowship. And it's been my prayer that God will use us greatly as a church. Every one of us. But today, what I want from all of us is to commit ourselves to doing what God wants here. There is only one thing that is important. The kingdom of God and souls for the kingdom. If God sees our heart that we really desire to see individuals come to the kingdom so that their lives will be changed, then he knows he can trust us and God will bring them to us and God will start ministering to them through us. But what we need to do first is to commit our lives to God, to him completely. I firmly believe that God wants to bless many individuals here because of what you've heard today. Because he watches over his word to confirm it. But I need you to commit to God totally. If you hold him back in any way, Abandon all. I think the word that's used is surrender. Surrender everything. That means if God says, I want that, you're willing to let go. If God says, let go of this, you're willing to do that. How many are willing to do that today? If that's you, would you lift your hands up to the Lord today? And we're going to have a word of prayer. For me, everything I have is for the kingdom. And may his peace overwhelm your life so that you will never again suffer the reproach of famine or want in your life. Father, you see our hands up towards you today. As a church, we come to you, Lord God, and we humble ourselves before the God of heaven. Lord, I know you have an assignment for the Ark Fellowship. Help us, every one of us, to be committed to this assignment. To do whatever it takes. To lead men and women, boys and girls, to the feet of Jesus. That they might be saved. Lord, we are willing to give every and even anything that you ask for for this work to be done. We commit our souls to you today. We commit our souls to you today. And we commit to serving you with humility all the days of our life. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. 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 If you're sick in the body, would you come up here? I want to pray for you, the rest of you. <coughs> Please be seated. And um, Angela.
Would you come and just pray and let's close the service? If you're sick in the body, please come. Thank you for your word that came forth this morning. Father, we thank you that as we've surrendered our lives to you, that you'll begin to use us mightily. Father, teach us to listen to your voice this week as you direct us in areas and ways that we can be of use to you, Lord. Father, let this week of thanksgiving be a great week as we meditate on all that you've done for us. Watch over our goings and our coming in, O Lord, and we just pray that your peace that passes all understanding will continue to abide with us. Be with us, O God, as we come back again next week to your home, to this place, Lord to worship and to serve you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be blessed.